Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. In this world of nonstop news, it's important local journalists cut through the noise so you know what really matters. Hi, everyone. I'm Phil Lipoff. And I'm Shannon Malair. In our community in Boston, you are the driving force behind our stories every night. Our investigators team is constantly creating change that impacts all of us. And NBC10 response Leslie Gatiss is ready to fight for your retail rights. Plus experience and accuracy, Pete Bouchard brings you the forecast like no one else. It's your news and we're here to tell it. NBC10 Boston, weeknights at 6, 7, and 11. Blog Talk Radio. everybody from the people's republic of minnesota this is closet objectivists in the closet objectivists i am cory bomb and i am back so i'm going to go ahead and give myself a little bit of oh, cheers I had, to take a, I had to take a mental health break and not that uh this show gives me mental anxiety or anything like that but i just need to take a day to recharge my batteries so uh, Megan is on the line with me, and uh, I am back and ready to go for a uh, episode we do together. So we are here. Welcome back, Corey. Yeah, I mean, you've been you've been working so hard on this podcast. I think it's I think it's helpful to um, to you know press the refresh button every once and in I, a while. And... I was actually thinking, you know, you, you know, you had mentioned about in the, the episode that you did was the Valentine's uh, Day uh, episode. And I thought, well, why don't we do two that week? But then it's like, it's hard enough for me to find content for one show, let alone two. And I know that you were going to be taking over the, the Valentine's Day. That was all year. And by the way, great show. It was awesome. And it was uh, very um, sweet. And, and yeah, learned a lot. And, I'm glad you uh, like it. And I think that there was a lot of people that listened to it uh, as usual. So, so thank you again to the people that do listen to us. A lot of it again is on the replay. Not well. And even if you were listening live last week, it was on a, on a pre-record. So, but yeah, good job by you. Oh, thanks. Yeah, no, I was, I was very, very happy to do it. <laughs> it was I a lot it was, of fun. Uh, yeah. And I think it was well received and, and that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, so it's uh, it's great to be back and recharged. And I thought let's do a little more of a I don't know maybe not so uh, uh, 
deep episode maybe I, I like I like entertainment I, I was thinking I was like you know uh, what kind of shows people have been watching and I was like you know I'm just interested you know every once in a while revisiting some of the things we're reading watching listening to or looking at in the, as far as art and that kind of thing goes you know artwork itself that kind of thing so um, yeah so that's kind of what we're going to be doing here um, my uh, I, I came up with a headline my news headline. All right, let's, let's that, hear your fake news <laughs> headline, what you wish was true. Right. So can you, can, you got to bear with me a little, okay? Can you <laughs> believe that the media is still going on about how Trump was talking about In the Closet Objectivist podcast for 80 minutes? <laughs> it was unbelievable. Uh, I love I it. it I thought it would never, I thought it would never end. It was great. It was good. It's, yeah. it's going to be huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I just want to I say hi. Uh, I'm going to say hi to the chat. There's a person in the chat. Hello, Michael. Uh, welcome. Thank you for uh, taking a moment to check out our show. Uh, Meg, yeah, you have hey. your, Meg, you have your uh, headline ready to go, queued up. Um. Oh man, you know I like I, I draw a complete blank. Even if I've like adequately prepared, when it comes right down to it, I, I draw a complete blank. Um, let's see. So um, I think this my fake news headline this time is that um, <clears throat> several several politicians, among them Barbara Boxer, has decided that they've never produced a damn thing in their life, and that um, they should retire from politics and, you know, maybe, maybe start small, like, um, I don't know, like working in fast food, but, you know, do something that actually creates wealth instead of destroying it. I, I think that Barbara Boxer should actually become a boxer and get her ass kicked. <laughs> I think maybe Layla Ali or somebody along those lines can, can do something for us uh, to help us out with that. I, that's a perfect name too. Cause when, I watched the Alex Epstein uh, 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 talk in the, in the conference uh, in front of the Senate, sorry, uh, talk or whatever, uh, about the environment, about the, you know, the, um, this happened about a year ago or whatever, but Barbara Boxer was just grilling him, right? And I'm like, you know, wait, wait to knock that boxer out. Uh, you really TK. <laughs> yeah. 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 And like the rest of the Senate hearing, everyone was terrified to ask him or even like look in his direction. Cause I mean, like he, he responded, his response was so pithy and so spot on that like people in the Senate were laughing at her. I mean, yeah, my my favorite my favorite part my favorite part about it though is uh, she says to him, you know, what qualifies you to be an expert on on climate change? And he says, well, I'm a philosopher, right? And she says, a philosopher, a philo- I wish I had the audio clip loaded up. I should have, but anyway, she goes, a philosopher, a philosopher. Uh, I I don't think that you can tell me or a philosopher knows uh, any more than, and I'm just kind of paraphrasing, any more than than I would or these people here uh, in front of uh, you know about climate change. So I'm just going to go to the Reverend. Reverend, how is there? What do you feel about? What are your thoughts on climate change? Like he knows any better, you know? So it just that made me laugh. Yeah, and and she yeah she's she's 
I mean, essentially, she's applying to these. There were there are actually two religious leaders at the Senate hearing about climate change, and she's actually applying to them for, you know, I mean, religion is largely philosophical. It's it's a code of ethics and morality. I mean, that's. I mean, <clears throat> there are differences in the field, but essentially, that's that's what people when people say, um, well you know, people need morality. What they're saying essentially is that's not untrue, but you know, they're saying, you know, people need religion because they need morality. No, you can have morality without religion. But, you know, so she's applying to these religious leaders for philosophy. Um, and, you know, in the same breath, she's saying that a philosopher has no business, you know, informing the Senate. And, and you know, his word far and away you know know, there's so much to be said there they were asking technical details about um quote-unquote climate change and you know there wasn't one technical expert there right right it's like here's a guy he wrote a book about the morality of fossil fuels the moral case for uh, for fossil fuels you know he's his whole the Center for Industrial Progress, it's all, his whole world is revolved around this and thinking about it and, and researching and all this. And, and just to, to just, obviously she never read the book. She should read the book um, if she can read even. Uh, but obviously, you know. Tell us how you really into, feel, Corey. Don't hold back. <laughs> yeah, You're going really into those here. I know, I know. It, it, it just makes me crazy. Um, the way that she just was so smug and she just needed a, a good punch in the face, if you ask me. So, um, <laughs> well, she, she got a metaphorical one for sure. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That, that, that's, we'll go with that for now. Uh, next time, hopefully it'll be a physical one by, by a woman, not by a man. I don't believe in that kind of thing. Maybe Megan, you could go out there uh, if you could get away with it anyway. Uh, <laughs> That would involve anyway. me touching her, and I'm just not. Ugh, no. Ugh, no. Well, she's <laughs> half fake. She's probably half fake. She's like a, the exact opposite of a Terminator or something, where it's like she's more machine or more uh, like <laughs> plastic or silicone or whatever it is now. That that. That's a terrifying more. thought. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, a couple of things I want to do: uh, the housekeeping uh, things right away. Get those out of the way. Uh, if you have a question, comment, you want to call in, and if you have a question, call us at 516-387-1224. If you have a question or you want to interject in any way, press 1. Otherwise, you can just call the number and listen to the show uh, without commenting or anything like that. So, again, 516-387-1224. Uh, we're on the Stitcher and TuneIn radio apps. Uh, you can download those onto your smartphones if you have one. And follow us on Blog Talk. Just go to Blog Talk, and that's where you're at listening to us right now, probably. And you can follow us there by clicking the follow button uh, to the top right hand or left hand, one of the corners. You can you can click on that, and you'll be able to uh, be follow or following us, and you'll get notified when we have shows coming up as well. Uh, it, it was funny. I was just mentioning to you, Meg, before the show that you know Jonathan Honig uh, said that he would listen to the show, and thank you very much. And uh, hopefully, you're catching this on the replay at least, Jonathan. And thank you. Um, he asked if we were on iTunes, and I'm like, ah, I know, and I keep saying it. I <laughs> He's the not show. the first person to do so. 
Yeah, I don't I don't know what's what the problem is. I guess I could maybe I'll just focus and, and get that taken care of. I think I, I don't have a <clears throat> I don't have an iPhone or I don't have you know uh, I think it's easier. I, I don't know. I don't. Maybe it's easier if you have an iPhone to get on iTunes, your podcast's on there. I don't know. I messed around with it one day, but I just I kind of gave up. But whatever. It's I'll get it there eventually. So that's great. Anyway. Uh, and also oh, remember. Oh, yes. And so, like, oh, you no, go, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, no, you, you had a thought. Go. Oh, go so, I mean, part of the whole um, motivation for doing the, the special Valentine's Day episode was to start a new bit um and me being me i totally forgot to mention what that new bit was um so i i don't know if our listeners will find this completely cheesy i mean that's not out of the realm of possibility um but Corey and i were thinking um we were you know we're thinking about um having a, a section where you can set you know like you know, the whole the whole thing about the podcast last time and, and, and in general about in the cause of objectivists is, is talking about positive values. Um, so we were thinking, and guys will have to let us know what you think of this. Um, listeners could send in um, little, I don't know, shout out sounds kind of, kind of silly, but you know, just values that they wanted us to air, you know, so we could, there's if there's some some value you want us to celebrate, um, you can send in um, whatever it is. We do read them, so you know, like we're not gonna dedicate a val- you know, like um, a Mr. moment to see more bus. <laughs> yes, we do actually read them, <laughs> but yes, um, yeah, at the risk of sounding a lot like Casey Kasem, um, yeah. we would love we would love to share share your positive values. Yeah, definitely. And you can you can actually on on Facebook I created a page uh in the closet objectivists. If you search uh, that you can join our little uh cozy group uh atmosphere and um there you can uh, give us some ideas, thoughts, feedback on the shows too. Uh we have a little bit we can have a little bit of fun there. Um yeah, I think that's a, a good way to go. I'm on Twitter again. Uh it's uh I, I hate, I don't know. I, I hate the name. I use my name on Twitter. You could just follow. It's bomb, B-A-U-M underscore Corey, C-O-R-E-Y. I'm on Twitter. You can just look me up there, but I'm not on there a lot. I don't, I just go on there. I promote the show. If I go on there too long, I end up getting into an argument and then it gets kind of <laughs> ugly. <laughs> so it's not quite like Facebook where I can kind of, I've been better at censoring myself, but on Twitter, it just, it's madness. So I, yeah. anyway, there you go. <laughs> I know Meg's on Twitter as well. So, yeah, definitely uh, get in touch with us if you have uh, any any thoughts on, on Meg's idea there. Uh, we could certainly – we can certainly uh, – we can talk to you about that. So bring it up. Cool. So today – oh, I'm sorry. One other thing. Um, if you call in and you do want to comment or have a question, uh, we're going to ask you uh, for a fake news headline. This is a headline that you can wish were true – uh, want to be true, whatever, totally made up, because that's our shtick here. And then, <laughs> if we love you, fake news, we love fake news. We do. Um, you know, it's just uh, it's so funny, and you can just label it. Oh, that's fake news. I'm done. Uh, that's fake news. I'm done. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going any further. 
it's just total. You could just, you, it's just madness, right? So you could just write anything yeah. off. Uh, anyway, uh, and then if you are into objectivism or if you've heard about objectivism, please let us know where you first heard of it, whether it was a book, a lecture, a friend told you. Uh, if you haven't heard of objectivism, that's fine, too. We're not saying that that's a requirement, but if you have heard of it, we just have a – we're just curious. Uh, we look for uh, background origin stories uh, on people that uh, that have been into objectivism and, uh, or are into objectivism, that kind of thing. So Yeah. I, I love hearing objectivist superhero origin stories. Fun. Yeah. Maybe we should reach out to Bosch and see if he can draw us a comic book, uh, <laughs> like Objectivism Origins, like uh, X Men yeah, Origins. Would... Oh, I love! Oh, I love it! I, I can't! I'm so glad you thought of that. I, I wish I had thought of it. That's that's pretty brilliant. Half the, shit, half the stuff that it just comes to me as I'm talking to you. So I, yeah, it's a fun, funny thing is I, I I was writing my notes up for today, and. I think I do better on the fly sometimes, you know what I mean? When, when things just kind of, when we're talking and I, it's a little less organized and it's kind of, it could be chaotic, but I don't know. It's just sometimes I, and then there's other times when I just have a brain fart and I forget everything and you know, I need some sort of note. So. And then like, you've got a lot of things going on that never happens. No, no, no. Yeah. It's, it, I, <laughs> The funny thing too is, uh, so Euron's. I'm, I'm going to go back to Euron, and, and you guys might be listening. You, you don't know Euron Brook. He does a podcast. He's uh, uh, he's great, and you should be listening to his show as well. Euron Brook, uh, Blog Talk Radio has a show. Uh, he was talking about selfishness today, but there was something interesting. I'll, I'll bring up the rest of this later, but I just wanted to point out. I, I just was. He was like, if you you know you have to be you know if you want it's one of the things he, he kind of threw away you know it was an aside you know he's like if you really want to be good like say for example you want to be a really good piano player you got to really practice and you got to if if you're bad at a certain part of piano playing you maybe you just need to focus on that piano that particular part and you keep doing it and keep doing it and yeah you're going to be bad but you keep doing it because it's in your you know your selfishness it's in your self interest to get good you want to be good that's something you're passionate about. And he gets me so like when he talks like that, I get so motivated. And then I look <laughs> over and see my guitar. My poor guitar has been sitting there unplayed, unstrung, unstrummed is the word I want to say. Unstrummed for at least a month or two. And I'm like, damn you. Now I got to go over there after this <laughs> show. And I got to poke away a little bit at it. Uh, just whoa, to see what. It might be a little bit hard on yourself. I mean, it's not like you have a day job and a family and a yeah. podcast and you're such a slacker, Corey. I know. I I, <laughs> I know. It's uh, it's just one of those things. But but it's just things that come to you as you as I was listening to to his things that came to me. I should say so. Yeah. It's, it's just anyway. I want to get to the the topic of the day. Is we're talking about entertainment today, and again, what we've been watching, listening to, reading whatever, ETC, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I have a few things uh, in between, you know, you know working, getting, you know, getting supper on the table and so forth, uh, and, you know, and doing, doing the usual errands. There are some things I, I, you know, do get to. I actually, the first thing I, I wanted to mention, and this was because of Iran's show bringing this up, is a show called Fauda on Netflix. And, uh I actually powered right through that. I just one after the other. 
uh, a fantastic, fantastic show. And it's like, it grabs you and it does, you know, it's one of those, you've got to get to the next one. It's a binge watch, total binge watch. And uh, there's 12, I think 12 episodes. And I'm not going to give away a lot, but it is about, it's an Israeli, it's in uh, uh, Israeli, um, is it Arabic? What's the language? <laughs> Sorry, if I, uh, it's between Israel and Palestine, so it's a conflict there. It's about Israeli defense forces. It's about a defense forces unit where one of the agents goes after a Palestinian militant who they thought was dead. And uh, it's, there are subtitles, but it's no problem uh, getting through it. A lot of great action, and it's. Um, it, it, I don't know if it's based on anything true, but you know, obviously. You know, suicide bombings and things like that happen. So, I mean, it's not all the, all the, out of the realm of possibility that, you know, this could very well be a true based off of a true story. Now, I don't think it says it anywhere in there, but it makes it to me would be like if they said this was based on a true story. You'd be like, oh yeah, for sure, right? Because you hear about this in the news all the time if you pay attention to the news and uh, over in the in foreign affairs in particular you will you'll see stories like this <laughs> over there all the time. So anyway, it's a really good show. Uh recommended highly. Very binge-worthy. Netflix and chill I hear is the new thing the kids are saying. <laughs> but I, I think that the, they're they're meaning a different thing than what I mean, which is I just watch the show. I don't I don't chill the way the kids chill. So, <laughs> None of our business, you know, whatever. If I tried to Netflix and chill, I would throw my back out. So I, I can only do one thing at a time. One thing at a time. It's either okay. Netflix or chill. You can't have it both ways. For, you know, uh, you know, when you get to be middle aged, it just can't happen. So, uh, okie dokie. So, hey, uh, before I get anything else, do you have a recommendation on anything you've been watching or uh, reading or any of that? Um. So, um. You know, let's, at the risk of becoming even more of a, you know, walking advertisement for Audible. Um, so I bring this up because for, um, you know, science is probably like a lot of other things where it's, you know, 1% of inspiration and 99% perspiration. My lab, you do a lot of perspiring. Um, yeah. So attractive. Um, but, um, you know, so like there's a lot of things where I'm just frantically trying to get these assays run and, and a good way to kind of, you know, strangely enough, sometimes they come to work tired. Um, <laughs> um, so a way to kind of keep me alert and, and um, keep a good pace on my, on my work. Oh, hey, Meg, to, um, Meg, real quick. Can I, I'm sorry to, to break your train. Uh, I just want to mention there is a caller on, on hold right now or on the line, uh, area code 847. If you have a question, you got to press one. Otherwise, I'm just going to assume that you're listening to the show and you just want to listen to it on your phone. So just letting you know. Go ahead, Meg. Sorry. Oh, yeah. No, I have totally fallen, fallen into that trap. Um, one time I called your own Brooks show and there's no prompt when you call into blog talk to say, Hey, no, if I you want to ask a question, yeah. press one, you know what I mean? Like it, there, you know, there's no prompt. So I just kind of like sat on the phone, like an idiot for five minutes before I was like, mm, maybe I should try this pressing one thing. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. So. Anyway. Yeah. If you want to listen, please feel free. Anyway. So, I'll just um, like listening, so. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome. Um, right. So, um, 
so for years, I, I, like I've always loved audio audiobooks, especially, you know, for this reason, I'm, I love to listen to them while I'm working. Um, so for years, I've wanted sort of the Netflix of audiobooks where you could just listen streaming ad libitum. Um, and recently, um, Audible has introduced this thing called channels, which is exactly what you get to do. And, you know, they have a channel for mystery stories and a, yeah, they used to have a channel for, um, I think they're still kind of experimenting with it. Um, but, um, oh gosh, they, I know they, for a while, at least they had a channel of, of just Shakespeare and a channel of, um, just Philip K. Dick for those who like, um, science fiction, um, I think my one of my favorite things they they had on there, and I'm not sure if they still have it there, is uh, Cyrano de Bergerac. Um, and I didn't realize that this play was hugely popular among objectivists, um, but it was so well done, and and um, the voice acting was incredible, and the pacing and the direction it was, it was and, it, and it's a beautifully written play. So that would be my recommendation. If you've never seen or read Cyrano de Bergerac, um, treat yourself. It, it's, it's delightful. It's, it's yeah. so beautiful. And um, I was just listening to a series of lectures um, by Leonard Peacock where he's, he's talking about eight great plays and Cyrano is one of them. And I love the lectures because it explains like how drama works. You know, this is the central conflict. This is, you know, the characters you need to dramatize the conflict. Here's the inevitable consequences of their actions and why it's so compelling. I, mean, I just, God, I'm, I'm blathering now. This <laughs> is really, really interesting and fun. So, wow, I'm going to shut up. <laughs> oh, no, no, don't, don't shut up. That, 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 we, need, we need people talking on the show. Otherwise, we'll just have to air. So uh, we, we can't, I, I have not, okay, so I haven't seen, I know a little bit about the, the play. Okay. So I know a little bit about the Cyrano de Bergerac, but I only, I can't, I can't say I've watched it or anything, but I, I, I watched the movie with Steve Martin called Roxanne. Uh -huh. Yeah. And uh, that's from the eighties. And um, I like that movie, I guess. And I, I know because every objectivist that I know, talks about Cyrano that everybody says it's great. And I, I, I you know, I want to get, uh, you know, I want to get it or watch it or whatever. Um, so it sounds like a good one and enough people tell me that I respect that it's great. So I'm going to go ahead and say, I agree <laughs> for now until I yeah. see it. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and um, the translation that they used for the, the one on audible um, is really good. And it, I mean, I'm sure the poetry isn't perfectly preserved, but they they managed to do pretty well in English what was originally done in in French, and um, it's I'm, yeah the the lines are still very lyrical and and um, I mean it's, it, it 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 was written I mean and I guess historically um, most stories and most great dramas were were based on a lot of real live events and then just um, you know that that the characters and the, and the plot twists are sort of um, refined to, to, to give it the most drama and, and sort of make it the most efficient drama. Um, it's a weird way of putting it, but anyway, yeah. So, um, so there, there was a real person named Cyrano de Bergerac who was a philosopher, a poet, uh, um, a soldier, um, a re like a, like a true Renaissance man um, with a really ginormous, no. Um, yeah. 
Oh, so good. Oh, it gives me chills just thinking about it. I, I can't wait for you to um, have the time to to see it or listen to it or read it because I think, I think you'll be very well rewarded. I, I will, I, you know, I will find, I will find it. I will get to it eventually. I'm sure I will. Uh, I think that, um, you know, hopefully, you know, I, I want to get to more plays like, but it's like, holy mackerel, I, you know, um, I, I don't know when, you know, I haven't, I haven't had an opportunity to really check into what's going on. And, and right now, Right now, Minneapolis is kind of madness. People are protesting, and it, it's kind of worries me to bring. I, I want to stay away from Minneapolis for for a little while because people are yeah. kind of going crazy. So if there's a play that comes in, so hopefully Cyrano, if you're listening, uh, uh, the producers uh, of Cyrano, wait for you know maybe about a year and uh, <laughs> come into town, and I'll check you out oh, then. Saint Paul. Or go to St. Paul. St. Paul has good Broadway, There you go. No, yeah, right. I mean, yes. so apparently the Twin Cities, I think, um, I don't know if it's per capita. I don't think it is. I think, like, our piece of real estate has the most small theaters um, of, you know, not movie theaters, like play theaters right. like, of, yeah, of yep. any metropolitan in, in the United States. Um, I haven't bothered to that verify that, but yeah, yeah, there's, no. there's so much independent, like one year I saw, um, a Klingon Christmas Carol. It was, it was Charles <laughs> Dickens Christmas Carol, but it was all in Klingon. I mean, you can find so many yeah. weird, I, random things in theater in the Twin Cities. It's fantastic. I, told, I tell people that I identify as a Klingon when I, uh, <laughs> you know, when I'm feeling a little frisky, I identify. <laughs> you just pull out one of those big wicked blades. That's about as tall as you are. <laughs> just yeah. keep it in the back and, uh, of your car. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I practice Nerd. That. What is it? The, the Star Trek three, uh, the search for Spock. I practiced the line uh, that um, Kirk says to get himself to trick the Klingon vessel uh, to to beam them up right before the, the, uh, the earth or not the earth, but the planet blows up in a big, you know, the lava is overtaking the planet, the fire and that. And it's like, I forgot how it goes. Schultz toy two. That's uh, that. <laughs> to get them to trick. That's, that's the way to say beam me up. That's Klingon, right? To prevent to beam them up. Schultz toy two. And so I practice that in my day to day life when I want to, <laughs> I identify as a Klingon. So said it before. Nerd. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Not that I have completely outed myself <laughs> or anything. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well you wanted to do a whole show on was it Serenity or Firefly? Is that what we were gonna talk about a little bit too? Maybe not a whole show, um, but I do I do really, really love that movie. So now, but but the series though you were a fan of, right? Too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I. Um, it's another thing that like I I discovered through other objectivists is just how brilliantly written that show is. I mean, I, I think, you know, I don't know enough about production and direction and acting to um, have an opinion worth hearing. Um, but from from 
my very, very amateur viewpoint, it's all just so, so well done. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, 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 um, I've yet to, I, I've heard people that like it. I, I, you know, I know people that like, I've never sat down and watched the show. I do like sci-fi. Um, it can be a little bit too, I mean, overload. Uh, I, it, my part of it too is with sci-fi for me, if it looks cheap and cheesy, it makes me, it takes me out of it. You know, like I, the sci-fi channel, there's so many movies and shows on there that it's just like, if it doesn't look, it's got to have a certain reality. I mean, it has to look real, not like, like just like that I could walk into it, but I, I need to have, I can't, it can't be cheesy special effects. And that's, that's, (laughs) I mean, yeah. I mean, usually cheesy special effects indicate cheesy everything else. Right. I mean, um, I, I, in my old age, I don't have the patience for cliches anymore, you know, at least not in, not in film and television. I just, you know, I mean, trite lines and I just can't even, um, (laughs) although (laughs) I, like, I don't feel good about admitting this. Um, I don't like the fact that I like cheesy B horror flicks, but I do love them. <laughs> well, some of it is it's I, funny. It's it's funny. It, it's bad funny, right? Yes, so, yes. I, I love it when it's self-aware. You know, when they kind of break the fourth wall every once in a while to indicate, yes, we we know just how ridiculous. This is. <laughs> yeah. So so that okay. So yeah, if you're trying okay, because here's how it goes: is if you're trying to have a real serious if it's a good story and you're trying to actually uh, have uh, cohesiveness and a good uh, intriguing plot and it's, uh, you, and you want to suck me in, it has to all be there too. Uh, otherwise, if it's going to be really just schlock, it, it should be it, that I can handle cheesy schlock, but if it's trying to be serious and, you know, entertaining, it has to look that way too. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. If you want me to laugh at I mean, it. we were talking about Star Trek, and and there is, I forget which episode, but um, um, the Next Generation, and these aliens have set up this world to be, you know, they they've actually created this world from this really poorly written fiction. I think it was a some sort of mystery or something like that. But it's, I mean, this is. This is totally to Patrick Stewart's credit. He reads the first line. It's like, it was a dark and stormy night. And he looks pretty much directly up at the camera with just this, like, horrified and disgusted expression yeah. on his face. Yeah. See, I, yeah, and so that, that can take me out of it. I don't like being taken out of a good, a good movie because I see something that looks hokey or cheesy or something like that. Meg, you want me to put you on hold while you... Or, Okay, I don't, I don't know if you need to take a, a quick time out if there's an issue that Gracie needs attention to or att- to Thank attend you. to. Uh, just yeah, that's fine mm. if you want to mute yourself. I, I don't feel like you need to. I'll just keep talking and yammering away until something happens. Uh, yeah. So anyway, another show. I'm just going to briefly go, just go over this one because everybody knows it. It's everybody, and I'm going to say why I don't really like it, but I'm watching it still. And that's The Walking Dead. Um, I love it. I mean, I loved until maybe a season ago. I still watch it religiously. I tape it. I, all of that. I watch it. And I mean, I'm sure, Meg, you know this show, right? I'm assuming you do. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, 
I'll get your thoughts on it, but here's here for me. It, it's, it's, here's my problem right now with it. I, I don't, I don't mind. You don't have to kill 10 hundred zombies in every show. I, I, that's fine. The villain. But it's <clears> awesome <throat> if you can. That's yeah, that's mm-hmm. great. Yep. No, that's fine too. And the, the, the special effects, all that stuff, it's really good. And when they're, when, when they have really good episodes, they're outstanding. I mean, they're, they're great, but it's not a show that I ever really need to watch. Like I can just watch one episode. I never have to watch that, that same episode again. It's what, it's one of those shows now where it's, I watch it because I I'm kind of vested, but I never need to watch the same episode that I just saw ever again, never again. So uh, I just want to see where it ends, but I think it's starting to jump the shark. But here's the problem for me in particular with that show is the bad guy this year is, is he, he's the wrong actor and he doesn't play it as menacing. See, I, I, in seasons past with the governor and he was a, that was a good villain. That was a good villain. And, but this year I just am not into the villain. I, I can't, He's he, he the actor's not right, man. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, he's he's great in a lot of things I've seen him in. Uh, but I, I when he's on the screen, it's like, oh, he doesn't scare me. He doesn't. He's just. He, I have. I don't feel threatened. You know what I mean? He, he should be more. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, there's good acting on that show, but I just can't get into this guy. I can't hate him enough. I. Even even no matter what he did, spoiler alert, by bashing in heads at the beginning of the season, he bashing a couple guys' heads of the, of the heroes of our uh, story. He bashing those guys' heads. So I should just, I should hate him, and, and he's a, he's a bastard. But I can't look up the visceral hatred for him that I did with the governor. So that's been my my big beef is that guy and. Uh, I'm sorry to say, and, and, you know, and, and, and when the slow, when the shows are slow, man, they're slow. I mean, cripes almighty, they can drag on and there's nothing <laughs> happening. At least have some interesting stuff to say between the characters and like, you know, I don't mind a slow show as long as uh, there's good, uh, the writing is good. So uh, that's kind of the problem too. I just, I don't know. I mean, it's just, I'm watching it, but I don't know. I don't want to start hate watching it. <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah. But I do, I do. Well, see, that's where I mean, I mean, with so um, so so Terry Goodkind is is a fantasy author, um, and and an objectivist. He's actually been to um, at least one Ocon, I think. Um, yeah, so you know, you can imagine he's he's fairly popular among objectivists. And a while back, his 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 sort of truth book series was turned into a TV show, and I feel really bad saying this, but it was 100% awful. It was somehow cheesier um, and and more trite and more poorly written than, like, Hercules and Xena combined. Um, yeah. And <laughs> you know what? I'm going to put myself on mute for a second. Yep. Um, I'm yeah, so sorry to kind of, like, finish in between that thought. And That's okay. Uh, I wanted to mention here, too, uh, you're on, you're on mute. Meg's on mute. So, um, so I wanted to say this, and I'll, Meg can chime in when she when she gets a chance. So I, I have to say now that I have strayed away from certain actors because I just can't take the the um, the the activism. Uh, it's just I can't. I, I I hate to say it, but 
you know, because there, even though there might be a good show or movie that they're in, I, I, I have to, I can't, I can't watch them. I, I just refuse to watch them. Like Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, uh, DiCaprio, <laughs> those guys, their, their, their uh, activism has reached a boiling point for me where I can't watch them anymore. I, I'm out. I'm on their stuff. I don't care how good a movie it is. I don't care how many awards it wins. And you know. Maybe that's not very objective of me, but I don't give a damn because I'm so sick and tired. And I think Hollywood needs a check as far as uh, they need to lose a little bit of money. And I know that a lot of stuff, uh, you know, they do lose their fair share amount of money. But I think we need to hit them in the pocketbook uh, just to kind of make sure, you know, keep those guys in check a little bit. And I, I wish that more people would. I understand that. There are other people that work on their shows that have no control. Like there's, uh, you know, writers and grip guys and, you know, cameramen who may not share the same uh, views as, uh, as them. And they're just trying to make a buck too. And, you know, uh, they're out there working and, and, and that, and that. And so I feel for those guys, but there, there comes a time when, you know, the pushback, I'm tired of being pushed around, like feeling like I'm being, talk down and I, I don't need to I don't care what they say I could care less but it's like I'm not going to give them my money you know if they're you know uh, political activism is pissing me off and they're you know they're just totally uh, irrational yeah, if we wanted to pay money to be insulted um, we'd be in a Monty Python skit yeah exactly I mean <laughs> I just yeah I mean what I was going to say is that okay so with Legend the Seeker oh <laughs> Um, so here they've they've turned this this beloved book series of mine into like the worst television show on the planet, <laughs> and I could not stop watching. I like this is my pathological optimism right here. Like I I kept saying to myself, okay, they can turn it around. They can yes, they've they've horribly abused the the source material, but they can they can turn it around. They can make it not suck, and they. <laughs> So it got to the point where I do like the mustache game. Have you ever played the mustache game? Yeah, no. Is that uh, what you put on a fake mustache? Yeah, you put the fake mustache on the TV or your computer monitor, and every time someone's face lines up with the mustache, you take a drink. You take a drink. Off topic. What? How did this come about? All of a sudden, everybody's doing the mustache thing. Like at weddings, people are putting on those fake mustaches and taking pictures and uh, they're, they're all over the place now. And it's like, what was the origin of that? Was that just a thing that I missed the boat on that? What, I don't know. What happened? What, what is that? Where, where did that come from? Is that, I don't know. I, it, um, I know like years ago I was in graduate school and um you know, there, so we had this beautiful building. Um, it, like, I toured it in a hard hat. It was just being finished when I matriculated. Um, so they'd have a lot of alumni functions there because um, it was so beautiful. And uh, so one night they were, you know, staying late in lab, big surprise. Um, and um, there was, I think it was some sort of alumni function in the foyer um, where there, there was, like, a buffet. And, you know, I was... I was tired, I was cranky, I was hungry. So this being my graduate, you know, my particular graduate lab, there were, of course, fake mustaches in labs, you know, because, because, reasons. 
Um, uh-huh. So I put one on. I, that's all I did. I put on a fake mustache. I went downstairs. I grabbed myself a tapa. <laughs> and nobody said a word. <laughs> like the most perfect disguise. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Good time. Yeah, right. Yeah, there you go. Hey, uh, another thing that I wanted to mention too is uh, coming up tomorrow. I really wanted to see this. I'm not going to be able to make it, but um, <clears throat> this is something that uh, I saw come across my Facebook feed. Oh, I don't know, uh, four or five months ago. So the Game of Thrones concert band is going to be in town tomorrow at the XL Energy Center in St. Paul. No way. I know, right? I that fuck it, that music is great, man. It's so inspired. I think. To me, I don't know how really frame things if I really like them in an objectivist like eh, would an objectivist like this, but the, to me that that the theme to that show is very like inspiring. I think it's you know I think it's beautifully uh, done, executed. It's, it's a great uh, a, a great theme song for a show, and they're going to be playing all the music from that show at the XL Energy Center tomorrow in in St. Paul. <clears throat> And I would love to be there, but unfortunately, I am not going to be there. So, but that would be something I want to do. Did you know that this is well, happening? Well, maybe they'll come back next year. I no, of course, I, I had no idea. I I, I mean, I I barely do any Facebookery these days. That's that's the word I made up. Um, yeah, I'm yeah, fine right. with it. Facebookery. I like it. I think it's great. <laughs> Add it to the lexicon. We need to come up with our own lexicon, maybe. <laughs> Well, well I already predicted emoticons, right? You probably predicted Facebookery too. Yeah. You know, we could come up with some of the Klingon oh, words. We can make up Klingon words, put them in there. It'd be good. It'd be good. <laughs> I would love to hear Ayn Rand or LP define a Klingon word for us. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's too bad he's not doing peacock.com anymore. I submitted a whole bunch of questions to him. And, uh, but he not, I never, you know, never got through with one or anything like that, but yeah, get his thoughts on that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Is that all the years he did that, he never once was just like objectivism, QED. <laughs> I mean, he got countless questions and <laughs> never once lost his patience enough to say that. Well, yeah, it, well, it, I did actually get one email back from a guy, I, I, one of his, I don't know, a programmer, I don't know who it was, said, hey, Corey, you, that question you submitted uh, was already answered, go to this page and you'll see. And I think it was a Santa Claus question I had about why should I, mm-hmm. is, is it, uh, is it, you know, am I lying to, am I, uh, from, by, by telling my kids there's a Santa Claus, am I being some sort of a, you know, hypocrite or am I, you know, is this a bad thing that I'm doing by letting my kids believe, I should say that, well, whatever, believe in Santa or in the Easter buddy and whatever and stuff like that. And he, he, he got back to me and whoever it was and said that you can find it here. And I'm like, Oh, cool. So that, that was, nice that was cool. I do reference the uh, peakoff.com quite a bit though. Um, just to go back and cause it's just so insightful. Uh, so that's what, Hey, by the way, that's one thing that I, uh, that I do. So, uh, that I guess entertainment and informational purposes. I go back to to that and ARI too, by the way, ARI campus, you guys can go there. Uh, A lot of the stuff is either very low cost, like two or three bucks for like a lecture or free. I mean, it's such a great resource and it's out there. It's free. It's available. Everybody should be on it. Everybody should be 
looking into the courses, taking the courses, studying. I mean that, and it, it, you can you can do that. You can do that all uh, all day every day for. I don't know. I don't even know how much you know. It's how much hour, uh, how many hours are cataloged, but great resources out there too uh, to learn more about objectivism. Uh, if you want it, you can you can get it. So, as far as what I'm doing too, uh, we're planning a trip this year uh, to San Francisco. Meg, what do you think? Wow. Yeah. No, it's been years since I've been there. Um, I I remember being the I remember the food being really good. <laughs> yeah, it. the hippies. Though, um, right? What do you I mean, What are you guys gonna? <laughs> Sorry, I'm 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 mentally recalling. Um... Well, I don't, and I don't want to have to deal with uh, um, homeless people, like you know, walking over them. By the way, Meg, I think I lost you. I don't know if you're still there. If you can hear me, I can't hear you, or maybe you lost me. Who knows? Uh, but that is uh, a situation, you know, San Francisco is, is somewhere I've always wanted to go. I haven't, I want to do the Alcatraz thing. You know, I want to go uh, to other, other places. Meg just texted me. Oh, he, she's still here, but I can't hear you. So Meg, I Coming think now. you might need to, call. there you, I hear you now. Good, good. You're back. Okay, perfect. So, so but yeah, so I was going to just say, so on, I was on San Francisco and, 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 you know, we want to see, obviously I'm worried a little bit about, the homeless situation or whatever. I don't want to get, you know, uh, accosted out there, but um, I do want to see like the usual stuff, Alcatraz, uh, you know, Golden Gate. We, we, we've never been there. I've never been there. You know, it, it should be fun. My issue now though, is I just found out last week that my company is being sold or has been sold uh, and will take effect in June. And I don't know what kind of, uh, I'm not worried. I don't think I'll get laid off, but you never know with these companies getting bought, you know, and sold. Uh, they tell me that everything is fine. That we're just transitioning everyone over to the new, the new company. It's a guaranteed rate is the new uh, mortgage company that's, that's taken us over and they say everything's going to stay the same, but you never know. So anyway, I'm planning this trip. We have the budget for it. Everything set aside, but it's like, uh, how much do we really want to commit right now? Um, you know, see what the thing, you know, what the situation is, but I think I'm fine. It's just something that, uh, happened uh, pretty, pretty recently. So I still want to go out there. Wow. Still gonna go out there. I know. Right. It's, and it seems like, uh, things like this happen, especially in mortgage, you know, people, uh, you know, uh, there's layoffs in mortgage a lot. And, uh, just depending on, depending on the, uh, the, the amount of volume and stuff like that, but I am not too concerned, but again, it's there. It's always in the back of your mind when you get a, Hey, maybe you're going to raise. Maybe, maybe, Hey, that would be great. Huh? I, I, I just want to, you know, if, as long as I just get transferred over fine and I don't have to worry about anything on my end and I'll just take what I, what I have and any extra is much appreciated, but uh, I'll just take a job. Thank you. And we'll, we'll, we'll be happy with that. So anyway, I had to bring it up because it's like I wanted to mention to you and mention to the audience that I was going to be going out there, and if hopefully we have listeners out there, they could tell me what to uh, what to look for, uh, where to stay, what a good place is to eat. Well, you can tell me too, Meg. I'm sure. But uh, oh gosh, like I said, it's been about a million years, so I my my recollection is pretty vague. 
Yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah. So, the Redwood <clears throat> Forest, which is beautiful. Yeah. Well, when I was looking at the map of it, you know, I noticed across, uh, you know, I crossed the, the way there is um, is the uh, Berkeley campus. So I'm like, oh, boy, stay away from that. Huh? <laughs> yeah. don't, don't mention anything about the uh, objectivism. Well, maybe objectivism over there. I don't know. You got to be very careful, though. Huh? You might get, uh, might get uh, maced or something. So. Yeah, I have, I, I have known, um, I've known several graduates from Cal, um, and some of them are crazy conservative and some of them are crazy liberal. There are actually a few who are sane, and that is really to their credit, because I don't, I don't know how, I mean, if you graduate in four years, that's a, that's a long time to preserve your sanity. Um, yeah, yeah I, I've been on Cal campus, and I just. Wow, it's um not like anywhere else. I think that's fair yeah. to say. Yeah. So uh in addition so getting kind of moving away from the the trip thing and going back into our our uh, our uh, topic. So I've been listening to Audible uh Atlas Shrugged and pretty much you know, I I'm to the point where <laughs> well, I shouldn't give too much away but uh Cheryl and uh Jim are having their issues, right, with uh, before, ah, God, how much of this should I get away? I shouldn't give away anything, right? I mean, I shouldn't really, I shouldn't say too much about what happens because it's pretty, it's pretty unexpected, I think, what happens. Uh, I didn't, I didn't see it coming. <laughs> so I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say, okay, but, but I did have a question I, that I posed to you earlier in the week, because I, I, I wanted you to think about this because it's an interesting one. That that mm-hmm. that that actually, I this isn't me, by the way. This is just I saw this question on my Facebook feed. Totally not me, but it was such a good question that I just wanted to get your thoughts. And if anybody else has thoughts on it, let me know. So anyway, in Atlas Shrugged, okay, I, I'm gonna get. There's gonna be spoilers, so if you don't want me to spoil anything. Uh, you probably should just stop listening for, I don't know, maybe the just, rest of the just show. Just put us on mute and try to find Cyrano de Bergerac or Atlas Shrugged on Audible. Yeah. So, okay, so this, because it's such a, it was so interesting. Uh, so anyway, in Atlas Shrugged, Dagny crashes into the Gulch, and she falls immediately in pure and unmatched love with Galt. Uh where she basically forgets mm-hmm. Hank Reardon, whom she battled the world for, for years with, having him as her only respite, where she decides to, to, that to be with Francisco, her first love, and her love for many years would be a betrayal to her value system. Does that bother you that Dagny fell so quickly in love with Galt, having just first saw him, like immediate love? Uh, just for Here, I mean, and, and Francisco. Um, no, it it doesn't for for a couple of reasons, and one of them is that keep in mind, like pretty much as soon as you meet Dagny, you learn that she is she's just so extraordinary, right? Especially at the time when the book is written, it it was it was unheard of for for a woman to run any kind of 
you know, transcontinental business, let alone something sort of grease monkey-ish like, like, uh, like a train, you know, like a railroad. Um, so, you know, early on, the book talks about just how desperate she was for a friend or an adversary who was her equal, you know, someone where she could really challenge herself and, and, and prove her best. Even, even, you know, even if someone else won out, it was nice to like meet someone with a mind as unique and powerful as her own. I mean, just imagine how lonely she is to go her whole life with maybe knowing one person like that, and that's Francisco. But, like, Francisco has for 10 years betrayed everything she values in him. Like, imagine that your first love and the only, the only bright spot of, of brilliance in your life has become a worthless playboy. I mean, just imagine, like, the level of betrayal there. Um, for 10 years, like, that, that's a lot. I mean, it's hard to kind of carry a torch after all of that. Um, so when she meets Hank, it's a huge relief, you know? It's, it's, I mean, finally, there's, there's a mind like mine. Um, and yet, he's horribly conflicted. Hank doesn't have the knowledge that Dagny does, and he says terrible things to her. Now, she realizes that this is not out of malevolence. There's just, there's just a real um, misinformation there. Um, but it's still, I mean, she knew right away that he wasn't the one. Um, and there's even a passage where she talks, you know, she's thinking about, you know, the, the one, and there's, this, there's this person at the end of the tracks, right? Like the, the person she, she's been longing to meet her whole life. And it wasn't Francisco and it wasn't Hank. It's not that these men aren't heroic, but they're not, they're not the one. And she knew that. Um, so, you know, I mean, she has a very clear idea of who, what this person is like. So it's, you know, it makes sense that she could identify the exact sense of life she was looking for as soon as she saw it. Um, now, I mean, I don't know if you'd call it love at first sight, because it's not like they see each other and they're like, oh, yeah, let's head up to my bedroom. No, 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 no. There's, there's definitely a courtship there, and, and one unique to these really amazing characters. Um, but, I mean, I, I, yeah, it's not like she just completely forgot about Hank. Indeed, even after she kind of breaks up with Hank, they're, they're still, like, the only ones supporting each other as the entire... I mean, like, if you could imagine the rug being pulled out from under you in every direction, that's what it's like for Hank and Dagny pretty much the whole book. And it's a long book. Right. Um, you know, it, it's amazing that they managed to keep going with just each other for support because, you know, it's, it's awful the things that happen that they have to endure. Um <laughs> Let me play devil's advocate for just a minute. Uh, so let's say that uh, the inventor of the uh, – in Star Trek, there's warp drive. Let's say Dagny all of a sudden, she's with Galt, and she meets the inventor of the warp drive. Is she going to leave Galt for the inventor of the warp drive? Because 
that even more of a an accomplishment, so to speak? Is that is that being is that being reasonable, or is that being is she going to trade up? I mean, it, it's it's not. I mean, it's a, it's a similar way of saying like, is she trading up for the highest dollar value? And that's not the case. I mean. You know, Francisco's given up all of his wealth. Galt was never wealthy. Um, you know, I mean, no. Um, I mean, it is noteworthy that Galt's not only a genius in physics, but he's come up with this invention that could change the world radically. Um, but he's also a genius in philosophy, and you see that in his speech, right? I mean, this is something completely unheard of. And and fully valid and sound. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, it's such a triumph of of literature and philosophy. Um, right. But I mean, that's. I mean, those those facts aren't irrelevant. But, um, you know, like one of the first things she thinks about when she sees Galt's face is that it was innocent of pain, right? You know, and it's not that this man hasn't endured tragedy. He has, but he he regards it as completely beside the point of life. You know, in in a way that even Hank and Francisco aren't aren't that integrated in a flourishing life eudaimonia type philosophy. I mean, that's that's really the attraction there is that he's is the sense of life that is, is completely unique. You know, I, I think if, 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 you know, she met the inventor of, of warp drive, you know, she'd be odd. She'd probably find this person heroic. Um, but I don't think she'd trade up. <laughs> so you think it's just, yeah, they're, 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 you know, their, their values lined up, you know, almost perfectly Galton and Dagny in a way that, it's not just about the necessarily the uh, the accomplishment or the I mean it's about that but it's about also their their uh, their values lining up perfectly it's, it's, mm-hmm. I don't know maybe that, that kind of thing I, it's just an interesting question it's one that I when I saw it I'm like wow that that is kind of interesting and I mean not kind of it is an interesting thing to, to, to this is it comes from a debate group that i'm in on facebook and these guys are really they really i mean they play rough but they bring up really good uh, they bring up interesting topics to talk about so uh, uh but yeah no so it's, it's good I, that's a great analysis by you um i i i didn't really know how to how to uh answer it so i, I didn't answer the question i just kind of followed the thread and and uh, and saw it, saw it through it. I think that part of it is in the real life. You know, when you love someone for as long as you did, uh, as long as you loved Hank Reardon, you know, it doesn't work that way in real life. Is the point that I was getting from that thread. A lot of people were saying that in the real world, you know, uh, when you love someone like. Like a Hank Reardon, you would. They were looking at it as he was trading up, and that, you know, you stay with Hank Reardon because you have this, you know, same uh, value system with him, and love with him, and you wouldn't necessarily just fall immediately in love with John 
John Galt, um, and and it was just you know it doesn't work like that in, in real life. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm, uh, I'm surprised to hear that for a couple of reasons. One is like, you know, after the first time they make love, Hank calls her a whore. Um, now his right. words are not agreeing with his implicit philosophy, but they do agree with his explicit philosophy. I mean, he's really conflicted, and it. I mean, um, it's hard. It's it's hard for Dagny to to live with that. I mean, she she decides that her that his values far outweigh this conflict. But it it I mean, it's hard to hear, <laughs> especially if it's after the first time you've been in love. Um, yeah. So and the other thing is, I mean, so I mean, I think she knew right away that he wasn't the one. It doesn't mean that she doesn't love him um, and love him passionately, but um, I think that alone sort of undercuts the idea that, you know, she's going to stick with Hank no matter what. The other thing is, is that, like, in the real world, you know, you can love someone and know that they're not right for you. You know, it doesn't, doesn't mean you don't wish them well and, and care deeply for them, but um, it would be dishonest to to make them think that it was going to work when it just, I mean, that's really hard, right? Like sometimes people think that if they just try a little bit harder, they can make it work and they just can't. It's just not, you know, the puzzle pieces just don't fit. Um, and it's, it's, it's better to, to let them know up front. Like, I mean, it is not for lack of effort or value on your part. These, these pieces just don't fit. Um, rather than torture them into thinking that they just need to double down on their effort a little bit. Right. Yeah, I know. Uh, interesting, interesting thought. Uh, I just, uh, I knew that this would be a question when I threw it out to you. I, I like think about this and I knew, I knew you'd be able to come up with, I knew that would be interesting to you. So that's why I, I well, to, did, was it like when you, when you read those parts, was it, troubling to you i mean did... i didn't even think about it that way to be honest with you i was just i didn't when i read when i read atlas uh, and when it, you know i listened to it I, again i'm listening to it now i i am already past that part but i didn't i that the thought never occurred to me right i just this was her uh galt was the highest value she she had been searching for the inventor of the motor and it would make sense that she uh the, the accomplishment of that motor, you know, would be a, would be like someone that she would potentially fall in love with in the end. Um, but it's not something I struggled with. See, that's part of it is you know, maybe I haven't dissected Atlas like like you know like I should. Um, but I just take it as you know I just took it as you know that was her. She she was in love. She, you can be in love with, with multiple people throughout your life, and it just so happened that Galt captured her heart more. Maybe she should have. I don't know. I don't know what what more she could have done to to, to let Hank know. Hey, you know. Uh, you know I I I I mean, I'm in love with Galt, and um, but I, it doesn't. It, in the in the uh, in the in the excuse me in the story, she oh shoot what was my train of thought on this? I totally lost my train of thought. I was I mean I was is it alright if I jump in? I I was just thinking yeah, yeah, about yeah. how um like 
it's just such great drama, right? Like when she's headed, when she's chasing Quentin Daniels and the mystery person in the plane, um, she has two thoughts, right? That she, that she wants to find the inventor of the motor, um, you know, this, this person she's admired since she discovered the motor. I mean, like, you know, she's totally completely in love with the inventor of the motor and she wants to kill the destroyer, right? This person who is like pulling the rug of her world out from under her in every direction, right? Like, like he's taking away everything she needs. Right. And I mean, like, you know, it's lonely for someone as brilliant and unique as Dagny in a sane world, right? Where there are other geniuses, but imagine the person, like there's one person who's taking away all of the geniuses, just, just right. how desolate her world is. And then to like take away her work piece by piece, like the one, the one thing she has left in this world, to take that away piece by piece. I mean, it, it totally makes sense why she would hate this person. He's destroying the world. Um, and it, like, it's such amazing drama. They're the same person, right? Like, and it just speaks to how, how like, the value John Galt brings that she's so totally in love with him that despite everything he's doing to take her world away, she's still in love with him, right? Not And not even despite of what he's doing, but because of what he's doing. I mean, that's just, like, I mean, like, I mean, that's just such brilliant drama. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I, yeah, I guess I, I didn't get too heavy into that. It didn't really even occur to me. It's just she met John Galt, and they uh, fell in love. And it's not like Hank, it's not like Hank and her got married, you know, or anything like that. I mean, it was heavy relationship. They were, you know, uh, you know, they were. Uh, Hank left uh, Lillian and. But for you know, for Dagny and and but but still, you know, she she uh, met Galt and it's kind of like, but I, I wonder because if you think back, you know, remember when Hank hit uh, uh, Francisco, he punched Francisco for you know basically sleeping with with Dagny and he was all he got upset about that and. He didn't. He doesn't do that to Galt. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know how to really think about that. But I, I just. Uh, it's just interesting. I'm not. I don't have my thoughts together completely on it. I guess. But I. I uh, you know, it's. I, I. You know, it's just interesting. Yeah. Well, that scene where where. Um, Francisco just, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, it's it's just a brilliant love triangle, right? Like, Francisco's in love with Dagny, but can't tell her. Um, Hank's in love with Dagny. You know, she's sleeping with one and did sleep with the other. I mean, like, you know, and they just, like, all of that comes out in the same scene, right? And, and like, Hank and Francisco love each other as, you know, like, it's a bromance. I mean, there's such mutual admiration there. They're both geniuses in their field um i mean like just how i mean it's worse than like the the guinevere lancelot um arthur triangle i mean 
everyone loves everyone else, and yet they seem to be at complete cross purposes. I mean, oh, the drama just... (laughs) I think I actually like broke out into a sweat when I was reading that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, it is, it is one of those scenes. Yeah, definitely. When it's one of those scenes when you're like, oh boy, something's gonna happen here. You know, I mean, someone's gonna, you know, there could be some real bad shit that goes down here. And <laughs> so, yeah, it's a little tense. There's a and there's a few obviously, you know, a few tense scenes to to come from that. You know, you know, not just that, but also, well, I won't spoil too much, but down the road, there's more tense scenes. That's, that's just say that. But, um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. That, yeah. Ayn Rand does not let up. Like the worst possible thing that could happen at the worst possible moment happens. <laughs> Every yeah. single scene. I mean, imagine like Hank just divorced Lillian. I mean, he's finally free of this vampire and that's when Dagny leaves and apparently dies. I mean, like, right. like, like the, the moment, the instant he's free of, of 10 years of tortured marriage and can be with the person he actually loves, she's gone. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, yeah, exactly. And then, and, and then there you go, you know, and then she finds Galt and, and they, they fall in love, but you don't see maybe I'm misremembering or, 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 or forgetting, but you don't see the reaction from Reardon to Galt that way. Why did, okay. Why does Reardon defer? And maybe that's the wrong word, but why doesn't Reardon react the same way to Galt? Well, for one thing, I, I think, I mean, he doesn't know Galt. Um, he knows Francisco and he feels the way Diney does for most of the book that Francisco is, is, betraying his own genius you know he's he's throwing his life away and that's that's hard to watch when you care so much about a person um and um yeah i mean yeah i think that's really why hank is so angry i mean he doesn't know anything about john um all he knows when he figures out that diane has met the love of her life is that i mean this person has got to be pretty extraordinary um and i think he regrets the stuff he i mean francisco put Dagny through a lot um he had good reasons to do it but i think that's part of the reason hank was so upset with with francisco is for putting Dagny through these 10 years of torture she really needed a kindred spirit um but i mean there's a sense in which john galt does worse but um you know, I, I mean, when when Dagny meets him, it's it's just it's it's like oh to joy. You know what I mean? It's just this hallelujah moment. Um, and I think I think Hank recognizes what what that's done for Dagny. And and you know, when 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 someone imbues someone you love with that much joy, you can't help but feel gratitude. Um, so I I think that's. I mean, you bring up an interesting point that I hadn't really thought about before. Like, why is Hank's reaction to Galt different than than to Francisco? And I think, I, I think part of it's just that like he's he's learned some stuff in between those two scenes. Um, that's really that's really helped him. But I think um, I think the the context is a little different too. Right. Right. Cool. 
Well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, that, that's it's interesting. It's something to keep thinking about. I think a little bit. It's not something that it's like studying. You know, you got to study more Atlas Shrugged and that kind of thing. So I don't know. But anyway, yeah. um, hopefully they come up with a a better movie of that novel to uh, to uh, imbue some of those uh, scenes. You know, I, I I haven't seen the uh, Atlas Shrugged movies, but you know, because they're awful, I hear and I, I just won't do it. But <laughs> if they come up with a good mini series or something someday, <clears throat> maybe a Netflix yeah, mini series. Yeah, I was listening. So on Cargate, um, has he's he's a philosopher at the Ayn Rand Institute, and he, I, I, like I think everything that comes out of his mouth is gold. He he taught oh, from my great. classes at the um, Objectivist Academic Center, um, but. Um, he um he has these series of lectures called Atlas Shrugged chapter by chapter. And the first thing he does with each chapter is talk about the meaning of the title um, and just how how the title is dramatized over the chapter. And, like, like visuals that I hadn't even picked up on. Um, so, for example, one of the first chapters is called The Top and the Bottom. And it, I think it starts out with um, Jim Taggart and his cronies um, they're at the top of a building, but it's in this bar that looks like a cellar, and they're um, they're doing their machinations to, to destroy a railroad. Um, mm-hmm. So they should be on the bottom, and they're on the top. And then you you see Eddie Willers, a, a, a hardworking, genuine kind of guy, talking to um, an unknown worker, who you will later discover really should be on the top, and yet they're they're in the basement in a cafeteria. They're on the bottom. And then there's Dagny. I mean, like, I never would have realized this had on made it explicit. Um, yeah, and I just yeah. thought to myself, man, each epi- each chapter should be, like, a TV episode, you know? I mean, it'd be really, really hard, especially there's a lot of internal soliloquy, so it'd be hard to make that visual. Um, yeah. But I think it'd be, like, well done. I think it'd be so yeah. worth it. Yeah, 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 no kidding. I was actually thinking that too the about um Willers for a moment. Um so <clears throat> I hope I'm still spoiling it because I got to I got it. So um so Willers dies, right? I it's not explicitly shown, but he dies because he doesn't get taken. And I was kind of that, that was brought up to me and it took me a minute cause I didn't want to think that, but then I had to think that because you're based on the, the way that the shape of the world was when they left. It's obvious. And he just, that is obviously died. So I'm like, I, I thought to myself, would there be any way that he could have been accepted to the Gulch? And I can't think of it. So I, I, I struggled with that because I'm like, he's such, he's a good guy. He's great. He wants to, you know, he's a champion of, of Dagny. He, he's, he, but he's not in that group. He's not. Uh, uh, well, I mean, in not, the Gulch, there are people who are, yeah, I mean, there was one person who was a truck driver and, you know, he's, he's not a great industrialist, but he, he doesn't accept the morality of the outside world. He rejects it. Um, and, and, you know, in the outside world, he has no chance to rise. So I think Eddie, I mean, 
he's not a great industrialist or a great thinker, but he totally would have been accepted into the Gulch. It's just that he, I mean, in the, in the first chapter, he talks about how he's the surf of Tiger Transcontinental. I mean, Daddy leaves twice, and he still doesn't leave, and it's, it's not because he disagrees with her choice. He's glad that she's going and freeing herself of, you know, creepy Jim Taggart. It's that, yeah. um, I mean, it's that he, he can't, he can't bring him. I mean, he's, he's, his self is just so wholly invested in Taggart transcontinental. I mean, it's like, um, in a, in a way it's, it's, it's like when you have someone, a loved one, you know, is dying, right? Like it's, so hard to sit there and watch it happen, but you wouldn't dream of leaving, you know? I mean, that's really what it is for him. Um, he just, he just can't, I mean, Taggart Transcontinental is a loved one to him. But let me ask um, you this though, Be- while Willers was talking uh, to uh, Galt uh, in the cafeteria, sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, Galt never tried to recruit him. So would he be accepted? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think Galt, you know, he probably saw the look on Eddie's face when he talked, when Eddie talked about Dagny. I think he, Galt's very perceptive. I think he knows what Eddie's answer would be. Um, Galt also, you know, needed Eddie for that inside information. Um, but yeah, I, I think, and I, I am less convinced that Eddie dies in the end. He's got a lot of very powerful, very capable friends. If anyone could find Eddie and, and rescue him, it would be these people. Um, even before you had like, find my phone app. Um, but I think, I think there's there's more to it. I think Ayn Rand's purpose there was that, you know, in in a morally vast, awkward society, could people die? And I mean, that's true in We the Living, right? Like that, you know, that is the inevitable consequence is that good people, I mean, it's the case with Cheryl Taggart, right? Like good people die. Um, yeah. and, and which makes like the vilification of heroes like Dagny and Hank and John and Francisco, just all the more horrible, right? I mean, you know, w- without these people, good people do die. Why are they being vilified? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just interesting, I guess. It's interesting to think about. I just assume that, you know, in good people are going to die, you know, not, there's going to be bad people that die, but there's going to be also pe- good people that die. And I, I think that Eddie dies and I didn't want to think that, but they don't come back at the, well, <laughs> spoiler alert <laughs> at, at the end, you know, we can go back now. Well, what happened to make him say we can go back now? Right? Like the total destruction so that he can go back and rebuild. You know, so like I have to think like, yeah, probably everybody's dead. You know what I mean? So I don't know. That's 
I think if you didn't go there, you probably you probably were dead. So I don't know. It's uh I don't know, I just imagine John and Diney sort of swooping in on their their super jet that John invented and Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, not to be not to be end on a down or anything, but um so Anyway, I, I kind of want to do more of an Atlas Shrugged episode. Uh, we'll see if we do that. It's possible later on. I don't want to it's, – it's, it's, it would be such a, a long episode if we do it. I mean, we could – Well, you know. I think, honestly, it could, be, it could be fodder for dozens of episodes. Yeah, we might just yeah, broach a little bit here and there as we talk on other, other topics, I suppose, too. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So – uh, back to the entertainment. Uh, we'll probably wrap it up pretty soon. I suppose uh, getting to be supper time here. So, uh, <laughs> but do you have what other entertainment? Anything else you have entertainment-wise that you wanted to uh, recommend or let oh, us know about? Oh um, uh, I mean, I I mean, uh, not not really. Yeah. I mean, there I well, have. I have my books that I that I love. I've got, you know, shows that, I mean, I don't know. The thing is, is that, you know, I'll usually have them on in the background. So they're not, I mean, I chose them specifically not because they're particularly um, involved or, um, yeah, I mean, I think they're, they're well done. It's just, I mean, they're certainly not very objectivist-y. They're just kind of to... You know, when it's just me and Gracie, I like to hear adult voices talking in full sentences. Yeah, no, that, that's yeah. I'm here for you. You know, just uh, let me know. I'll uh, be there. You know, or uh, call me up or something. Thank you. Thank you. I know sorry. you got other you got uh, you got other buddies that you can uh, that you uh, you converse with as well. But you know, I'm always up for a good conversation as well. You know, so uh, part of the reason yeah. we do this show too is to to talk smart, you know, have some fun and, you yeah. Know. yeah, I mean, I, I do sort of, I mean, you know, at work, I don't think it's, it's appropriate to espouse my philosophy. It's, it's implicit in what I do, but, um, right. So there is a yeah. sense in which I, I'm sort of putting on a mental girdle, um, in a, in a lot of contexts, you know, it's not that I resent that, but it, it is such a relief when I can actually, um, say what I'm thinking. Exactly. Well, that's it too. I've gotten myself in a little, not a lot. Okay. Not a lot, but a little bit of trouble at work by getting a little too, uh, something happens, you know, and you bring up, uh, something that doesn't really hit the ears of non objectivist. Well, <laughs> and I don't want to get into specifics, but you know, it, it, you got to, de- and then I'm like, oh, I'm just kidding, you know, or whatever, just to get out of it so that I don't have anybody uh, go to the boss and this guy, whatever, <laughs> you know, I just don't want to be, uh, not make too many waves and try to dial it back. Oh, passive aggressive. I'm being passive aggressive. <laughs> <You know. laughs> so, yeah. I mean, but, I, I, I don't think, I, I doubt that's true. And I, I hope it, I mean, I don't think I, I've come across that way. I, don't feel like it's it's passive aggressive. It's just you know, I mean, everything in context, right? And yeah. works. Yeah. Probably not a great place to start debating the merits of Plato versus Aristotle, unless you right. know exactly. your work is yeah. philosophy. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I, I do want to recommend one movie I want to see. And again, I, I, I'm not, I don't go to the theater too much, but I might on this one is The Founder, uh, the one about the Ray Kroc, uh, the McDonald's guy. Now, I'm not, I, I'm not, it's not like I'm a big McDonald's fan. I mean, I did have it last night, but uh, I like, I like business movies about the creation of the evolution of a business, a ver- really successful business. Um, and I think it would be a good positive movie to see. I, I don't know this for a fact. I know that it's got good reviews and it has actors that I don't boycott yet in it. So <laughs> yeah, so, cause there's a lot that I do. I, I, I think you might have missed it, Meg, when I said earlier, you might have missed it because you might have been on hold or, or we might have gotten hung up or whatever happened. But, yeah, so there's certain actors that I boycott now. Uh, just I can't take oh, it. Oh, yeah. I, I just can't take yeah, it. Just, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I try to, you know, I mean, a lot of a lot of people in Hollywood, I just kind of, you know, okay, Hollywood, whatever. I, I'm pretty right. sure there's just like, there's just such a concentration of crazy there that eventually most become... You know, even like, even if they started out perfectly sane. And, and so I feel for them. I, I really do. Um, yeah, some of them are just so obnoxious, though. And it, it, it really does. I mean, I don't have much of a suspension of disbelief anyway. But then I, I, there are certain faces, they come up on screen, I'm like, I can't even. Ugh, just make them I go know. away. Yeah, Ben Affleck, man. It's like when he took over Batman, I'm like, no, I can't watch Batman. You know? <laughs> I love Batman. I I love all the Batmans, you know, I mean, except now I can't watch, I'm not going to watch it because Affleck is Batman. And unless he goes away, I, you know, I won't watch it again, but anyway, Bale's the best Batman anyway. And uh, so that's it. That's all there is to it. But yeah, the founder, (laughs) I want to check that out. Uh, Gracie has uh, her thoughts and they're strong uh, opinions on (laughs) Ben Affleck and Hollywood as well. Uh, put her on the red carpet. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm here, but she's blowing raspberries. So once again, yeah. all, right. all timed, my dear. Maybe she just wants some. Yeah, raspberry. The, the raspberry awards ceremony. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, um, the founder, go check it out. I'm gonna go check it out if I ever get a chance. And uh, follow us on Facebook, or you can just uh, join our group in the Closet Objectivists on Facebook. Join our group. Join our group, please. Uh, check the uh, – follow us on Blog Talk, blogtalkradio.com uh, slash closet in the Closet Objectivists. You can follow us there. Follow, uh, catch the replays on Stitcher and tune in radio apps. And uh, yeah, that's yes, and send us your positive values. Send us positive. There. Yep, send us positive values. Uh, join the, the Facebook group. You can do that. And Twitter, you can find us on Twitter. Corey Baum, just search me, Corey Baum, or uh, Megan Megan Ribbons, Doctor Megan Ribbons with an E N E E N S. And uh, let us know what you what you're thinking. Let us know what your thoughts are on the show, future shows, and positive values, contributions, what Meg said. So I'm going to get going on supper, Meg. Uh, let's uh, talk. Oh, next week we're going to be talking about education, I think. Unless we go on to uh, something else, we'll kind of get together on it. But I think education is an interesting topic to me and Meg, and it's an important one. And hopefully we uh, provide a good service on that. And I want to do a good show on that. So, 
And hopefully everybody plan. likes it. Yeah, sounds good. Okay. All right. Well, uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday, Meg. And yeah, you too, Corey. We'll come yeah, up with good the plan. Time as always. All right. Have a have a good one and cheers to reason. Cheers to reason.
In this world of nonstop news, it's important local journalists cut through the noise so you know what really matters. Hi, everyone. I'm Phil Lipoff. And I'm Shannon Malaire. In our community in Boston, you are the driving force behind our stories every night. Our investigators team is constantly creating change that impacts all of us. And NBC10 response Leslie Gatiss is ready to fight for your retail rights. Plus experience and accuracy, Pete Bouchard brings you the forecast like no one else. It's your news and we're here to tell it. NBC10 Boston, weeknights at 6, 7 and 11. In this world of nonstop news, it's important local journalists cut through the noise so you know what really matters. Hi, everyone. I'm Phil Lipoff. And I'm Shannon Malaire. In our community in Boston, you are the driving force behind our stories every night. Our investigators team is constantly creating change that impacts all of us. And NBC10 response Leslie Gatiss is ready to fight for your retail rights. Plus experience and accuracy, Pete Bouchard brings you the forecast like no one else. It's your news and we're here to tell it. NBC10 Boston, weeknights at 6, 7 and 11. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.